the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Bob Bernie Live. I, <laughs> I love talk radio. I do. I've, I always have. I've been a... I've been a talk radio junkie for, well, since I was in high school and in Los Angeles. I have. But but imagine you're in Houston, Texas, and uh, it's it's a morning sports program on one of the uh, local Houston uh, radio stations. And uh, the uh, the the guys on the air are saying, "Hey, uh, why don't you call in and tell us the uh, the strangest thing you have ever found?" <clears throat> okay, that would be interesting. Maybe I should do that one day. Call in and tell us about the strangest thing you've ever found. So the uh, the two guys who are the disc jockeys, the you know the the sports dudes on this radio station are are taking calls. Somebody calls in and identifies himself as a plumber. Okay, and so the plumber says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to tell you, uh, I, I'm I'm a plumber and." Uh, uh, they called me to do some work down at Lakewood Church. Well, Lakewood Church is the church of Joel Osteen. Okay? Joel Osteen. So the plumber goes on and he says, and now I'm quoting from the radio broadcast. Yeah, they called me to do some work at Lakewood Church. There was a loose toilet in the wall and we removed the tile. We went to remove the toilet. I moved some insulation away, and about 500 envelopes fell out of the wall. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, what was in the 500 envelopes? About $600,000. Say what? In the wall of the bathroom be behind a toilet. Now they think there's about $600,000. And this is where the story, I started to say where the story gets bizarre. It's already really, really, really bizarre. Well, police were notified, obviously, and the plumber turned all of the envelopes in. Uh, many of them had cash. Many of them had checks. And so the uh, the Houston Police Department is called. And the investigation is ongoing. Now, this happened back on November 10th. The investigation is ongoing. But I didn't remember this. I should. 
that back in 2014, Joel Osteen's church reported that $600,000 were stole, was stolen out of one of their church uh, safes. Yeah, $600,000. I would imagine that would be one week's offering. Well, yeah, probably. Now, again, this was back in 2014. A safe was broken into. Envelopes were stolen with cash and checks. And at the time, Lakewood Church reported to the police that $600,000 was stolen. It was never solved. No one was ever arrested. Now, again, I keep wanting to say, now here's where the story gets bizarre. No, this is where it gets more bizarre. Insurance paid for all of it. $600,000. Insurance reimbursed the church for all of the cash and all of the checks. And in fact, the church announced it. Said, hey, if you wrote a check to the church, uh, we had this big theft and your check might have been stolen, so watch your bank account, blah, 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 blah. So now all of the questions who in the world who in the world would hide 500 envelopes containing $600,000 in a wall how did they do it without anybody knowing how do you go into a church bathroom and make a hole big enough to put 500 envelopes in there and then seal it up so nobody knows how do you do that And then, why do you leave it there since 2014? This is just absolutely bizarre. Uh, the plumber in the and, and again this on the radio program. Quote, the plumber also shared that the Houston Police Department had been conducting an investigation involving Lakewood Church since 2014 after $600,000 was stolen from a church safe. While the amount of money found in the envelopes was not specified last week, the Houston Police Department suggested the envelopes could be connected, (laughs) could be connected to the 2014 theft. Or... Someone just decided to put 500 envelopes full of $600,000 in checks and cash in the wall in a, a bathroom. They did go on to say, and this was just this past Friday, evidence from the recovered checks suggests this November case is connected to a March 9th, 2014 theft report of undisclosed amounts of money at the church. The investigation is ongoing. No other information is being released at this time. In 2014, a Houston Police Department spokesperson confirmed 
that $200,000 in cash and $400,000 in checks were stolen from the church's safe. Hmm. (laughs) I am not into conspiracies. I want to make that clear. But if I was, if I was into conspiracies, I would be wanting to know why $400,000 in checks were not deposited, reported stolen, and they show up seven years later. Oh. The church said that the stolen funds were fully insured, and they were working with their insurance company to restore the money to the church. Meanwhile, Crime Stoppers of Houston offered a $25,000 reward for anyone with information on whoever was responsible for the robbery. I would imagine that for quite some time, every plumber in Houston, Texas, is going to hope they get a job at Joel Osteen's church. I just... Can you imagine anything more bizarre? 500 offering envelopes. And by the way, do the math. $600,000 and 500 envelopes? Pretty hefty gifts in there. Uh, will Will we ever find out who hid it in the wall? I don't know. My goodness. How strange. All right. (laughs) We'll be back. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. I'm not going to go into my whole long speech that I have given uh, hundreds of times in the last 10 years. But let me summarize. Um, America has some real, real problems in our past concerning racism. All right? Can't sugarcoat it. Can't sweep it under the carpet. Nope. Terrible. Awful. Slavery was a blight on our country. Uh And there was terrible discrimination. Um, You know, the white-only drinking fountains, white-only lunch counters, the blacks had to sit in the back of the bus. Horrific things, terrible things. Uh, The civil rights movement began. uh, People like Martin Luther King Jr. and others and began putting the racism of the white community back in their face, confronted them with their racism and their their bigotry and their prejudice. When we really began making progress is when the white community began getting the message. Wow, we do have a problem with racism. 
we have been prejudiced. We, um, we, we have not treated blacks equally. And when a movement began in the white community to confront their sin and their prejudice, things started to change. White people began looking at white-only drinking fountains with disdain. How could we do that? That's terrible. That's horrible. How can we make people sit in the back of the bus just because of the color of their skin? And how can we segregate portions of a restaurant based on the color? What I'm trying to say is the white community had to own up to their prejudice. They had to. And when they began doing that, we began to make progress. And we've made enormous progress. Now we're going backwards. Now we're going backwards. And sadly, we are seeing an attitude of racial superiority in the black community. Do we still have white races? Of course we do. Not nearly, not nearly, not nearly what we used to have. And we can all thank God for that. But now we're seeing things turn where there is an attitude of racial superiority in the black community. Can I uh, give you an example? This is a New York Times opinion piece written by Mrs. Aubrey Kaplan. She is a journalist and author who grew up in South Central section of Los Angeles, but she now lives in Inglewood, California. She tells a story about building a little library in her front lawn. We've got one in our neighborhood. You build a little box, you put books in it, and you put a sign on it. Take one, leave one. And it's to encourage people to read. And you take a book, you leave a book. It's kind of a movement across America. Well, this black woman by the name of Aubrey Kaplan did this in her front yard in a predominantly black neighborhood. And she was really happy about it until a white couple dared to walk onto her lawn and actually look at her books. She said, One morning, glancing out my front window, I saw a young white couple stopped at the library. Instantly, I was flooded with emotions, astonishment, and then resentment, and then astonishment at my resentment. It all converged into a silent scream in my head of, Get off my lawn. The moment jolted me into realizing some things I'm not especially proud of. I had set out this library for all who lived here, and even for those who didn't, in theory. I would not want to restrict anyone from looking at it or taking books based on race or anything else. But while I had seen white newcomers to the neighborhood here and there, the truth was I had not set it out to appeal to white residents. Now that they were in front of my house, curious about this new neighborhood attraction, I didn't know how to feel. By bringing this modern cultural artifact here from white neighborhoods, 
Had I set myself up, set up the neighborhood? Was I contributing to gentrification and sending the wrong message about how I wanted the neighborhood to be? What I resented was not this specific couple. It was their whiteness. Um, And I'm going to run out of time. Well, she says, ultimately, the moment... With the couple I saw through my window raised for me a serious moral question about how should I act. Screaming at them to get off my lawn would be adopting the values of the oppressor, as my racial justice activist father used to say. My resentment was not analogous to the white resentment of generations past, and I would argue white resentment has always been legitimized and reinforced and so on and so forth. What if... This was a white author writing in the New York Times. I saw a black couple in my front yard, and I wanted to scream at them, get off my lawn. I didn't, and I felt kind of bad about it, but we don't want those kind of people in my neighborhood. And that's exactly what she says in the rest of the article. She says this needs to be a black neighborhood. We need black neighborhoods. We don't want white people here because they're going to mess up our neighborhood. What if this was a white author saying exactly the same thing about blacks? We would be outraged. And we should be. We should be outraged. But because this is a black activist, it's okay. No, it's not okay. No, it is not okay. Prejudice is wrong regardless of the color of skin. Have a great evening, but please remember whose you are. Listen. Listen. Think. Think. Discern. Discern. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.